our Surrey Speaks podcast. This season, we're catching up with some of our own alumni, reconnecting them with their past tutors and seeing what they're getting up to. I'm Dr Caroline Shenton-Taylor, a lecturer in physics here at the University of Surrey. And I'm Georgie Gould, the producer of the podcast. Today, it is my pleasure to welcome current undergraduate student, Ed Shamwana, and Amir Chowdhury, a senior teaching fellow and cultural intelligence champion at the Guildford School of Acting. Welcome to you both. Hello. Hello. So, Ed, as the current undergraduate student, let's start with yourself. Fantastic. Obviously, you're based here on the Surrey campus. What attracted you to undertake your studies at a conservatoire on a university? Yeah, I, the, uh, I came from quite an academic background. Well, no, I, personally, I didn't, <laughs> but I went through the kind of grammar school system in the southeast. And so there wasn't a lot of uh, support into going to the, the creative arts sector and so a lot of my research came from being pointed towards universities um and so university of surrey and gsa kind of felt like the most applicable one to my setting and actually the more research i did as i kind of started to look towards other drama schools um, i just didn't enjoy them as much as i kind of fell in love with gsa um, and then having been here it's been great just because of all the facilities that are on offer. Um, uh, and it's such a lovely kind of environment in terms of a, an actual campus to be on. Um, so I think that's kind of why I wanted to come here. The the, the feeling of GSA as well in particular, it, it's a very, um, I think it's a very unique drama school in in the, the atmosphere of, of the training. Um, and so it was kind of a no-brainer for me that I wanted to come here and stay here for as long as I could. <laughs> and I think the, the application process, obviously, is quite different for performing arts and uh, the theatre school compared to other disciplines. Mm. So for those who are not familiar with it, what was it like to go through the audition process here? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's completely different to, <laughs> to any other um, application for any other course, really. Um, we have two rounds of auditioning. So the first round, you come in, you spend... It's changing, actually. It is, yeah. um, when, in, in my mm -hmm. year of auditioning, the first round you'd come in, you'd spend kind of half a day uh, doing movement uh, workshops, uh, and then you'd perform a monologue or two, which was then workshopped. <laughs> if they liked the look of you, then uh, they'd bring you back for a second round, which is slightly more in-depth uh, movement workshops and kind of slightly uh, acting-based workshops as well. And then you do some more monologues. And then if they really like you, they might have a chat with you um, and, and perhaps offer you a place on the course. That's now changed now, actually. So the first round is a, is a self-tape. Um, and then we'll bring you in for the day if, if they like the look of you. Wow, um, that's quite involved. Yeah. And that's quite a process. It's, uh, I think it's, it's one of those things that actually is really intimidating before you come here. But one, as soon as you're here, once you've once you've kind of been to the other side of it, it feels like a much less uh, anxiously charged <laughs> space, I think. Sounds pretty daunting to me. <laughs> to, take a monologue, to a camera or to a human, I think that's pretty incredible. So you're on the BA in acting. Yes. How yeah. did you pick that programme from all, all the different offerings there are? There's so much to choose from. I, uh, I'm, uh, my, my talent uh, and skills base limited me quite a lot. Um, there are some fantastically talented people. And for me, it was just uh, just doing the acting was my thing. Um, I just really, really enjoy it. I, there, there, there really isn't anything else, A, that I think I'm very good at, um, and B, that um, kind of makes me uh, happy in quite the same way. So, uh, 
I, w- I would add for those who can't see this conversation that it is sitting next to a course tutor here. <laughs> yes. but it's not being influenced. <laughs> yeah. Not answered in the slightest <laughs> by what you're saying. <laughs> and so, w- were you able to make use of the university facilities? Did you have any time to do anything recreational or sport or? Yeah, it's um, it's what's what's great is because we are on campus at the university, we have a, a lot a lot of time and ability to to make use of the facilities available to us. Um, and even in, in part of the training with movement, the Laban National Archive is based at the University of Surrey Library. So uh, we did a lot of work with them. Unfortunately, it was over uh, Zoom during lockdown. Um, but when you're here, I know that they go and actually visit the Laban archives. Um, so the library is a great resource with some um, kind of scripts and books and the world at your fingertips, as it were. Um, and then, of course, you've got the sports facilities, which people often use in their spare time, which I don't tend to. <laughs> you don't have to. You know? But it's always there. And obviously, there's uh, weights and all sorts it's of nice bars cafe and things. Exactly. You know, I've used the cafe yeah, the <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're, you're about to face, what, your, your final year of study? Yes, third year. <laughs> Are you prepared for this? Are you are you ready to go in? Or is it how, how does it differ from the previous years? Do you sort of start to merge into getting ready to go into the workplace? Or yeah, because well, so first and second year is is I would say like kind of the main bulk of the training mm-hmm. in terms of uh, skills and technique. Um, so you kind of amass your toolkit uh, and start to understand exactly how it is you might approach a text or a play or uh, any job within the industry. Uh, and then third year it goes much more industry facing so um for us it's really about trying to get in front of as many people as we can agents casting directors and starting to amass a slightly more professional portfolio um even just things like headshots which i'm so nervous for um getting kind of professional pictures taken of yourself and all that kind of thing so it's more of a a a specific application of the training that we've Mm -hmm. done in the first two years whereas the first two years is really about learning as much as you can and, and and applying it where where you can Wow, so you can like go from the academic kind of learning your credentials into then yeah putting it into practice. Exactly. And then so that getting those headshots. <laughs> getting those headshots sitting in front of a camera for two hours is going to be miserable, but I'm sure it'll be okay. So I think I think it's only fair on balance. So we've heard the star, the student perspective, yes. which is brilliant. So Amir, I think you've returned to the Guildford School of Acting or recently joined. What what brought you back as a member of staff? Sure. So um, I trained at the original GSA. So this is the old <laughs> rickety buildings down uh, Guildford High Street, the Cobble Streets, Milmead Terrace is where we trained. And all these old buildings, which I believe is a block of apartments now. And it was that training which essentially then led me to go and be mm-hmm. a professional actor. Um, but I listened to my parents on one thing, and that was to have side hustles alongside a main hustle. And whilst I proudly say my main (laughs) hustle is acting, um, there is no full-time acting work out there unless you are in certain things, should we say, certain Mm -hmm. projects. So my side hustle very quickly was I got my academic training as well. So I'm a qualified teacher. And then through that, I felt I wanted to get back into training actors at a drama school Mm -hmm. level, university level. So I then did my master's in applied theatre at Central School of Speech Drama and over the last five years just been honing my skills to get into officially back at drama school level training people like ed so that's what brought me back so it's kind of like a full circle homecoming uh there was an opportunity i saw uh i met with dom we had some really lovely conversations about the evolution of the program 
and then uh, I applied for the job and now I sit here after my first academic year back as a senior teaching fellow in acting. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, GSA, it's, it's, it is a homecoming in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very different for good reasons. Uh, it's very different and I'm sure we're going to talk about that in a bit. I think it must be amazing for current students to be trained by people who have got the first-hand experience of working within the profession and working within the field. It must make a difference. I don't know, Ed, yourself, but, but you have that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really reassuring, actually. Um, mm-hmm. in, in education settings, so often you're kind of taught by people who, you know, for good or bad, people that often haven't been directly within the industry that they're kind of educating on. And so for us, it's really reassuring. Not only do we have um, full-time faculty who have been tapping into the industry regularly, but also um, associates who come in who are working day in and day out, kind of in between being at the school, who are doing other projects Mm. right now. So it's really nice to know that the training we get is as current as it possibly can be. Um, So I think it's really important, actually, that that the teachers we have are still in the industry yeah, yeah. yeah totally and it must make a difference for contacts as well to have the contacts out within the, the kind of the community already sort of established that hopefully you can then tap into yourself when you're I think so I think uh, I, it's um I always get excited actually because we we do have really incredible associates as well as full-time faculty um <laughs> and uh people that are making stuff all the time and, and working in really amazing areas of the industry and so as much as i do kind of uh, i always feel a bit bad about it and i really shouldn't maybe that's a change in psychology but i always save the emails and uh, make sure i'm keeping a hold of the contacts I think, no, I think you're absolutely right to do that i think it's great um you know as a full-time member of staff it can be seen as though okay we're just the full-time member staffs and students get excited by the externals but they should you know like <laughs> half those associates are friends of ours you know <laughs> Dob and I have probably worked with them or, or done projects with them and we've gone we'd love you to come to our drama school and mm. we'd love you to work with a group of second years a group of first years mm. or I look you're a movement specialist mm. can we get you in or you're currently in some West End musical, which is fantastic, and that's what all our musical theatre students are, you know, mm-hmm. aspiring to be. Yeah. Come in and have a chat with our students. Mm-hmm. You trained at GSA. You're a friend of half the faculty. So I think it's really important, and I loved it. I love seeing that when I trained, and I love now seeing it being on the staff that we are still offering those kind of opportunities. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important. And I did have a sneaky look at your alumni page. And you've got some really lovely alumni still obviously very keen to be connected with sure. the GSA and wanting to kind of reach back as well. Mm. So I, I can see it being a lovely, supportive environment and actually what is very quite a challenging industry to work in. And it seems quite challenging all the way through the system, you know, for getting your interviews to get into acting school and then actually getting your castings right. and then getting your, your jobs and positions. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think it's right. I've, I suppose it is such a daunting industry and it can be quite a vicious industry and I think that is why, again, perhaps why I really like GSA because it is so friendly and actually I think in an industry like this, if you haven't got friends you know you can depend on, then um, it, it can be quite a lonely place, I think. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, as much as it's like a really nice thing, I also think it's like a really important thing in the, <laughs> yeah, in the, in we, the work we do. I'd like to hope that we still try and build a community. Mm. I think GSA's got a lovely community. I think it's not... I don't think everyone's segregated. Maybe during their training, they are in their separate co- uh, courses, be it musical theatre, applied and contemporary, the production side. But actually, they all come together. Come the third year, you're working with MA theatre students, you're working with BA uh, production students. 
some of them then become stage managers and ASMs and DSMs. So it's all coming together. So you've got to be positive and a friendly person. <laughs> if you wind someone up at the wrong stage, yeah. then it, it could have a long term effect. And that's not what we want. Like we want us to be a community to go, right, great. Mm. I know this actor, I know this stage mm -hmm. manager, and I've got someone else to come in to direct it. Kind of that weird mix between a friendly atmosphere but also competitive at the same time <laughs> but then true. still ultimately you know working together and alongside each other well it's also i think it's really fair to say it's it, especially when you're kind of bottom of the pile actor coming into the industry if you're a, a difficult person to work with or a, a, an uncomfortable person to work mm -hmm. with there's somebody else who's probably better than you anyway so they'll just get you out and get somebody else in so much as it's nice it's, <laughs> oh, it's also yeah. like um for preservation of your own job I think it's a really important <laughs> thing to yeah, be yeah, nice yeah. Yeah, a of reality I think a lot, a lot of insight <laughs> yeah. into your own yeah, career and um, wow <laughs> <laughs> which is to say I'm not nice just because I think it's a good career move <laughs> I feel like that's important as soon as I go home you know. I'm swearing and... <laughs> this isn't just an act although I wouldn't know to be <laughs> yeah. honest you're probably so good at acting the pair of you oh, I, I probably so. couldn't tell the difference <laughs> Did you know, our current campaign, The Future Says Surrey, with its goal to raise £60 million, is the biggest fundraising initiative in the history of our university. It aims to support our research in sustainability, artificial intelligence, health and mitigating air pollution. Maybe let's move away a little bit then from like talking a little bit about the, the pathways into the school. Um, Emil, your job title, so senior teaching fellow, yeah, and then it also says cultural intelligence champion, yeah. So within the framework of the GTA, the conservatory, what does that actually entail day to day? Yeah, great. Uh, thank you. It's um, it's an interesting one, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting one because when I started, I hadn't heard of it. <laughs> so within the first couple of weeks, I was just holding conversations, and was told about we have a few champion roles at the drama school. And they're all linked, essentially it's it's all linked to the EDI initiative and what we're trying to push and constantly building on because it's never finished, it's never a finished yeah. article. So under that remit we have a few different champions from neurodiversity champion to gender intelligence champion um, and, and I happen to hold the cultural intelligence champion role. So for me it's just being open and having mm -hmm. some real honest, truthful open conversations about culture and what kind of culture do we want to inspire or or inherit within our staff our building and our students that can be passed on to the next group of students or, or the next staff member or for the, our current ones to leave knowing that they've got a sense of culture within them that the door's open if, if, mm -hmm. if this is what you want to do if you've got this dying, burning passion to go and be a performer, an actor, a writer, a director, then go and do it. Mm -hmm. And if, for whatever reason, at the audition it doesn't work out this year, that's not us ever saying you don't have the talent. Mm -hmm. That's just us, unfortunately, having to play the game with databases of going, we've got 30 students, that's... I've made that number up, but we've got 30 mm -hmm. students. That's that's our limit for this term. So unfortunately, there isn't a space for you. But we're not saying you're not talented. Our culture is, if you think you can do it, and you've got something there, our door's open. 
Come and give us a go. Mm. Now, I have to wear that hat quite a lot. I have to wear that hat from different perspectives, be it identity, mm. be it representation. You know, and for me, it's about how can I make the room or the building be approachable and feel as though anyone who enters that door belongs mm. in that space. Which is not easy. No. And it's unfortunately not very easy in drama schools. Mm -hmm. Or it hasn't been. Let's be let's nip it in the bud and say it hasn't been over years. And I'm talking from when I trained mm -hmm. to two actors before me when they trained. It's if we're doing the work now, but we don't stop. So we continue to do the work. So it's great to see there's a richness in our drama school. Mm -hmm. There is. But it's not enough. So how do we keep that revolving door spinning to allow the next person to come and go, oh, do, do I fit here? Absolutely. Let's make it work for you. Let's make the space fit for you rather than you fit the space. Yeah. So that's, for me, what no, cultural intelligence yeah, is. And, yeah. and do you feel that the wide industry is starting or is adopting that mindset? Or I think they... yes and no. Okay. I think we've had... Without going too much into history, mm -hmm. I think a global pandemic absolutely struck our industry from all aspects, from the performers to the writers, the directors, producers, everything. Then there were political movements mm -hmm. or moments that had happened which were a massive wake-up call to, yeah. again, the industry, specifically drama school institutions, and theatre institutions shifts started to happen <laughs> they're all the positives has enough happened never i will always say that i'll say that when my kids are my age i will still say not enough has happened yet um but people held accountable a little bit mm -hmm. could more people have been held accountable absolutely should it have happened in the first place no so why do we have to have those conversations? Not trying to bring the segment down, but it's just the truth of, yes, there are shifts, and we're very proud of the shifts, be it our own in drama school at GSA, at other drama schools, and what we see at theatrical, uh, sorry, theatrical establishments, um, shifts in artistic directors, shifts in movement directors, shifts in the directors, shifts in the cast and crew. <laughs> Is it finished? No. No one Did you know our Battersea Scholarship Appeal, which supports students estranged from their families, has raised more than £100,000? This will fund life-changing opportunities for eight undergraduates to study at our university. The future at Surrey is widening educational access. But I guess the work you're doing now and the, the positive shifts in the framework and the changes that are happening now should hopefully, as the generations go through the system, start to impact more and more productive and positive Absolutely. change. And that's what we hope. So, yeah, and that, that, that's the reason I get up every morning. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm very passionate about this subject purely because I've been through the system mm -hmm. and I'm now at the other side of the system, which is great. I'm very passionate about it because then I get to work with people like Ed and we share conversations. We share conversations about representation and what we may look like to a certain person yeah. when it comes to casting, directing, box ticking, whatever you want to call it. But then I know that I've had that held that conversation with Ed, for Ed to then hold that conversation mm -hmm. with his generation and the generation after Ed's. 
and that's how we continue. Mm. I think is that is that fair? Is that kind uh, of absolutely? We're at? Yeah, I think um, I, what, what I am encouraged by more than anything, I think, is mm. that we're in a place now where we're having these conversations, and I think what's really important is that we're frank about how um, how severe there might be a lack of. Um, progress or where the failings really are and actually historically um, not only were these issues going on systemically as they are now but we weren't even willing to acknowledge them and I think what's the only thing that gives me encouragement is that we're starting to create spaces and provide spaces and platforms to to acknowledge our failings and actually without real honesty and, and living in the discomfort of what that means, there, there is no progression. And so um, whilst right now it's really bad, because we're able to come in and discuss it and have the, have the frank conversation that needs to be had, um, there is hope that in future things will be, will be better. I think that's absolutely fair to say. I think um, I was having this conversation recently with friends, which is, as an actor, we have the best job in the world, right? We are trusted to tell stories. However, some of those stories can be painful and really uncomfortable. Mm. Mm. But we're trusted to still tell those stories. So whilst as yeah. trained actors, they may be a little bit icky. Mm -hmm. They may not feel comfortable. We do our best to still find a truth through our acting, through our, or our storytelling, whoever the director is. So then my conversation leading from that is, so if we're, this is what we want our actors to do and the star and the directors and we want them to go and tell these uncomfortable stories because they need to be told, then where it all starts, i.e. the drama schools, we should still be able to we should be able to have those uncomfortable conversations where we go, Okay, ten years ago this has happened. It's come out in the woodwork. It should never have happened. But we can't forget it. And we can't just say it never happened. We can't just brush it under the carpet. Let's talk about it. Let's let's acknowledge that. And now let's talk about the progress we've made from that experience. The same way as if you go and watch a film and you see something horrific, but then you leave going, wow, I didn't mm. realise that had happened. And even though I felt uncomfortable in the cinema watching that and I cried or, or whatever, I, I'm so glad that I saw that story. So I knew that that's happened and... Look at the world we live in now, yeah. so we don't see that anymore. Or let's look at the world we live in now, where those those stories are, are slowly dismantling, and we're not hearing so much about them. Mm. We should be doing that with all education, mm. from primary all the way up. You know, let's talk about the uncomfortable truths in a safe way, in a positive way. But let's talk about those uncomfortable truths so that those future generations, the three-year-olds, the four-year-olds, the five-year-olds, up to the 19, 20, 21, can go, cool, that happened, and I don't really want that to happen again. So I'm going to do this when I grow up, or I'm going to go and meet this person, and I'm going to go and hug this person because they deserve a hug. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that. And, and the more those conversations are had, I think, historically, the industry has been, in terms of a power dynamic, quite top-down. And I think the more that those conversations are cultivated, the more everybody understands what is normal and what's really not normal and what's really not okay to experience within just within professional settings about how you're treated or um, whether or not you're kind of misidentified or um, all of the kind of small stuff that happens on the day-to-day -day where uh, 
if if it's normal to talk about it, then it becomes much more normal to call it out in the moment and it becomes much less of a big thing. Exactly. And so suddenly all that healing happens on a much smaller level and, and so everybody kind of nip in feels some of the those, benefit. Uh, mosquito bites, those <laughs> microaggressions. If we can just nip at them rather than allowing them to constantly hurt us, it's less trauma at the end. Mm. Mm-hmm. Did you know, our Centre for the Understanding of Sustainable Prosperity is investigating how we can achieve full employment, financial stability and social equality without destroying the planet in the process. The future at Surrey is finding a roadmap to a fairer and more sustainable tomorrow. What's been your kind of favourite or highlighted or enjoyable moment at returning? I've had a really broad timetable, which has been lovely. So... Whilst I'm a senior teacher fellow in acting, I've managed to teach on the first year actor musician course, the second year actor musician course, the first year uh, applied in contemporary theatre course, which is a new course this year. I've taught with the first year actors, the second year actors, and I've just finished directing the MA Actors Showcase. So my highlight is the fact that I've got been allowed, <laughs> should we say, I've been allowed to meet so many students across all the very courses and yeah the students have really see i'm going for the cliche which is the the students they've been my highlight they they really have they really have been the highlight because i i've started to see younger versions of myself which i never thought i'd ever see in drama school so that obviously is a huge highlight I see friends of mine from back home as what I think they would have been as younger people. Mm-hmm. I see them in the room. I have a very good relationship with the acting faculty and, and all staff, but we're very tight in the acting faculty. We talk all the time and we share a lot of what I think is good practice. So we're always bouncing off ideas. And I have been the year head of the second year actors, which I have been Ed's. <laughs> current year head before he moves off to the third year so I've had some very strong student reps and thank you to you too. were you a student rep Ed? I was oh yeah. you oh seriously the pair of you yeah so he, it has been this is an unrehearsed head. question and you're just getting a beautifully scripted yeah, answer yeah look at that <laughs> you can take the actors out of the acting school yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> what's coming across is that it's a very fun environment to be within you mm. know despite yeah, lots of hard work mm. lots of complex training you know, lots of challenges with you know going to interviews and castings but actually the environment itself is enjoyable and mm. fun mm. we so. hope so we're really trying yeah like we're not too to many coursework do... deadlines <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> we have to do some real serious hard work and some serious <laughs> scary bits like okay hi you're about to do a three and a half hour show <laughs> in in four weeks so you've got to learn your lines and you've got to know your blocking and they're the easy bits. The hard bits is the acting and the character and the work. But we try and make it fun. Mm. So I suppose that kind of, sorry to cut in, no, but please. kind of ties quite nicely into what we've been talking about just in that the, the nature of what we do on a daily basis means that we often, nobody writes a play about something that's really dull and boring and, and because of that often the content of plays can be quite um, difficult mm. uh, and yeah. uncomfortable and some for some people traumatic material. And so quite regularly we are spending lots of time uh, 
navigating that. And so for us to be in an environment where it's as supportive and friendly as possible, it means it's much easier for us to, to then be able to tap into that without it having such yeah. long-lasting effects. But I also think that ties nicely into the conversation that we're having in terms of um, equality, diversity and inclusion is yeah, what I'm yeah. going to say. Um, but uh, because those are even harder uh, things to do if if the environment that you're in is not supportive for everybody who's in that environment and so again like that's what really drives forward the work that we're trying to do in improving that space because the work itself becomes so much better and so much safer for everyone when everyone feels safe outside of it did you know our music and media graduates have won two oscars nine baftas eight grammys five Emmys and one Mercury Music Prize. The future at Surrey requires artistic creativity alongside technological innovation and engineering. So Ed, where, where do you see it yourself after year three? What it's, would you like to be doing? It's so funny because my go-to answer to this is always, um, is almost always, you know, anywhere that I'm being paid. <laughs> uh, and that is a real reality. It's the I, truth. Uh, I think <laughs> it's, uh, it's the only way it's become sustainable, I suppose. Um, but I'd love to, to, to do some... Uh, the National Theatre has always been a dream of mine. So... Um, I look for. I've I've got a kind of ongoing joke that as soon as I graduate, I'm going to do a four month run in the national on the Olivier stage, and that's just before I start shooting a big thing with Netflix. Right. So um, kind of watch out for me next year. That's gonna. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. Uh, the reality is, I, I anything so long as I'm on on stage or or acting in some capacity, I will be happy. I think. It's <laughs> yeah. a great ambition. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then I guess a challenging question. Sure. What's what's next for the industry? For the well, industry. Uh, what, what are the challenges, or what what can the you know? Gosh. Well, what, what would you like to see in the industry, maybe? What would I like to see in the industry? It's a big question. Mm. I would like to see no more feet pressed on the brakes. Mm-hmm. So, if you are a fringe theatre to a huge production company. If you've started something and you really back it and you truthfully want to do something and you're not just doing it so you look good for publicity and you're not just doing it because you've been given a load of money to tick a few boxes but you genuinely want to open the doors then that's why they want to see progress and it doesn't matter to me if it's a uh, a 20 seater theatre above a pub in East London or if we're at Warner Brothers and other production companies. Like, if you've got your heart set on, you know what, we need to make change, we are going to make change, then I will back you. And that's what I want to say. Well, that's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to find out more about our campaign to raise £60 million for the university, please visit thefuturesays.surrey.ac.uk. To discover more about our fascinating research, please look at surrey.at.uk forward slash research. We'd also like to say a massive thank you to our very own Performing Arts Technology Studios for letting us use their incredible sound booth for this podcast. Until next time, goodbye.